Law School Show. Helping you navigate the law school experience with resources and opportunities curated for your success. Catch it all here, right now, on the Student Life Series. Hi, I'm your host, Meredith Ball. Today's episode is all about managing your student loan debt and taking control of your finances during law school. My guest today is a graduate of the University of Maine School of Law and the author of Babe on a Budget blog. Kendall has been documenting her journey paying off her student loans and is here today to share her strategies. Kendall, thank you so much for joining me today. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show. And I'm wondering, would you like to start off by sharing what prompted you to learn more about managing your debt? Yeah, for sure. So first and foremost, thank you so much, Meredith, for having me um, on the show today. Um, So like you mentioned, I uh, started Babe on a Budget blog just a little over a year ago to document my student loan journey. Um, So a little bit of background, I started uh, or I graduated law school in 2015. And I think like many other law grads, um, you know, was a little overwhelmed by my student loan balance. So I put my loans on auto pay and kind of never looked back. And after a couple years of paying, um, you know, took a look at my student loans and could not believe like, you know, really how out of control they had gotten. I felt like I was paying, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and the balance was barely going down. So, um, I really kind of just like got in this mindset that I needed to do something to take care of it. And ever since then, so it's been about a year, I've kind of been on a journey to, um, yeah, get get them paid off and and to move on. That's amazing. And I've been following your blog for, I guess, almost a year now myself. And you've posted so many amazing tips and things that I just didn't think about before. So I'm so pleased that you can be here um, to discuss this with me. So how did you start learning about different strategies to pay down your student debt? Where did you start? I, like many people, started (laughs) Googling, um, which then brought me to Reddit. That was actually kind of like one of the first places I went. But I found that a lot of people on Reddit were actually quite mean. Uh, So I started looking elsewhere and and really kind of like started to look for a community. And that's when I found um, the debt-free community on Instagram. So that was kind of like something I was interested in and and got into. Um, and, And that was like a place where I actually learned a lot of information about student loans and about different payoff strategies. And I would take little bits of things that people said there and then go and do my own research on them. So for example, when I first started learning about like the the debt avalanche method, which is the method I use, I actually learned that term in the debt-free community and then took that and kind of did my own research um, and figured out how to kind of put it into action in my own life. That's great because everyone's finances are so individual to themselves. So I think that's so good that you were able to learn bits and pieces from different areas and then figure out how to apply that. And I hope that our listeners today will be able to do that with the strategies that you suggest. So you mentioned the avalanche method. Uh, Before we get into that, uh, maybe you could give us like a, a broad picture of the different methods you are currently using to pay down your debt. Yeah, so um, 
I guess the the method that I'm using, like you said, is the avalanche method. We can talk about that in a second here. But in terms of like what I'm using to uh, get my debt paid down, um, the very first thing I, I kind of did was figure out exactly how much I owe, which I would <laughs> say everyone should do as as soon as they can figure out exactly how much they owe, who they owe it to, their interest rates, um, whatever. Um, and then come up with a strategy. So figure out, you know, how much you can pay each month, um, maybe set a debt-free goal, that sort of thing. Um, and then focus on kind of like the, the, how am I going to get there? So for me, a big thing has really been like increasing my income. Um, I took a new job at the beginning of this year, partially because a pay raise was involved, but I've also kind of like looked for other opportunities throughout the last year where I can make additional money, even if it's just from small things. I think that like really, really can help you speed up um, the debt payoff process. Um, and for anyone with student loans, it should be something you consider, I think, when you're when you're looking for your first job. Like, is this going to help me like get to where I want to get um, financially? Right. I think that's a really good point. And I really like what you mentioned about finding little things on the side that you can do because for some of our listeners, like they're heading into their first, second, maybe third year of law school. The only time that they can really work is maybe during the summers. Mm -hmm. So throughout the year, you know, if you can find something on the side that's small, it's not taking away from your studies, then you could be using that to put towards your, your debt. Yeah, absolutely. What would you recommend for somebody who is in law school right now? Like what do you have some suggestions for budgeting or some ideas maybe that they could look into for like a side gig or something right now? Yeah. So I think like I think like the idea of like a side hustle can be a little overwhelming for people because I think a lot of people assume it means like having a second job. Mm -hmm. I certainly do not have time for a second job. My full time job is quite busy. Um, but I think there are like a little things that even a law student can do, you know, even if it's something as small as selling some unwanted clothes. Um, I know the life of a student, oftentimes you are moving um, from place to place to place. So if that couch you have doesn't fit, um, maybe reconsider giving it to a friend and sell it for a couple hundred dollars and throw that towards your student loans. I think it's all about kind of like maximizing those opportunities to make a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also think budgeting is, is a big thing as well when you're in law school, um, thinking about, obviously this is probably before law school, but, um, thinking about like the cost of living in the city, you're going to be going to law school in that can be like a big factor. Um, but I know for me throughout law school, I always had roommates. I always kind of lived in an inexpensive apartment. Um, mm -hmm. so maximizing those things and cutting down costs on there, you know, eating at home, um, and also just thinking about when you go into each semester, thinking about how much you really do need to live and trying to only take out like what you reasonably think you actually need to live on and say no to those extra loans because you're going to have to pay them back later. I've heard so many people tell me when I first started law school, like, it's fine. Just take that big loan and like, don't think about it. Just do what you need to do to get by. Mm -hmm. And as I'm slowly going through it, I'm like, ah, oh, this is getting bigger and bigger and scarier and scarier. So making a budget, I think, is such a great idea. Um, do you have any recommendations for tools that people could use uh, if they've never made a budget before? Like, where do they start? What are they looking for? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in terms of like, I can, I guess I can start with like, the kind of like conceptually how to budget and then I have some recommendations. But, um, you know, I would say especially for a law student, you already have a lot on your plate. Um, the last thing you want to think about is, you know, having a budget or taking the time to, to set a budget. But I promise like it can really like help you when it comes to like, cutting some costs down and hopefully minimizing your student loans. So the first thing I would suggest to like law students is thinking, you know, sitting down and writing kind of like your um, fixed expenses every month. So perhaps your rent, um, your utilities, car insurance, if you're driving a car, that sort of thing. Think about how much money you have coming in. Perhaps you have loans that you took out. I know a lot of students take out a lump sum. Um, and then thinking about kind of like you're spending money, that sort of thing. So figuring out how much you're spending in all those categories and having an idea of how much you should have left over each month and, and, and trying to figure out like, what can I reasonably live off of and being conscious of your spending. So one thing I think that really helps is even if you don't want to stick to a strict budget, I think writing out your expenses and figuring out essentially how much money you should have at the end of the month is a really good way to at least keep yourself on track and say, wow, I, I thought I should have $500 left this month, I only have a hundred. And just having that awareness, like maybe I went out too many times, maybe I got too much takeout, that sort of thing. You don't have to overcomplicate it. But I think budgeting at the very least for like a busy student can at least make you a little more mindful of what you're doing. And you can make some easy, you know, easy switches um, that I think um, can, can really help you. But I think just getting to think about it first, it will put you like way ahead of the game. That's such a good point. I know for like the first semester, especially in 1L, I was so overwhelmed. The last thing I wanted to think about was like where my money was going and what I was spending it on. For sure. And when I had a little bit of time in the second semester and I was looking back, I was just like, oh my gosh, I ordered Uber Eats so much. Like, why did I do that? <laughs> my budget was totally blown. So being conscious of where your, where your money is going, all those little things, they add up so quickly. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, even if it's just a small switch, like sure, like I ate a ton of takeout too, but saying, okay, maybe instead of Uber Eats, maybe I'll at the very least like pick up my takeout and take a 20 minute break um, and save on the delivery fees. Even all of that stuff adds up. Exactly. Yeah, that's so true. And you know, going for a walk is great. You need to exercise and move around once in a while. You can't always yeah. do <laughs> It's hard to remember that. Definitely. I think that's great. We can... Um, remember to be mindful of our spending. We can be tracking that. And so you just kind of track your spending a bit so you have an idea of what you need to survive off of and have a little bit left over for fun. And then once we're in law school, or maybe we're, we're near the end, we're coming to the end of it, and we're seeing our, our student loans, and we want to start strategizing um, and have a, a plan ready to tackle them when we're done. You mentioned, you know, keeping in mind how much you're going to be making in your first job. That's really important. Um, but what about these methods you're talking about? Um, I know there's the avalanche method that you mentioned, and there's this thing called a snowball method. What's the difference? And and what are like which one did you choose and why? Yeah, when you're getting ready and you're graduating law school, and those looming decisions are over your head, and you're trying to figure out like you know, how am I going to deal with this? Um, once you figure out kind of like how you owe, how much you owe and who you owe and your interest rates and that sort of thing, um, the next 
piece is to pick a strategy. So like you mentioned, there's kind of like two prevailing methods, although there are some additional ones, but the the common methods are the snowball method and the avalanche method. And essentially what those look like, um, both methods have you pay your minimum across all of your loans or your debt um, in general, if you have like other debt, like a credit card debt or something like that. But essentially you pay your absolute minimum payments on every debt you have. And then you target one loan at a time with additional payments. So let's say all of your minimums equal $500 a month. You make a $500 payment. But then let's say, like I said, you sold that couch and you have $300. You put that extra money towards the loan that you're targeting. And then you kind of just pay them off one at a time. So when you use the snowball method, you start from the lowest balance and then you work your way up to the highest balance. When you use the avalanche method, you start with the highest interest rate and then work your way to the lowest interest rate. And for me, I chose the avalanche method. Um, and the big reason why is that when you have like a huge balance, the interest rate can be a lot, right? If you have a lower balance, sometimes it can make sense to use the snowball method. But for me and in the U.S., um, graduate student loans come at a pretty high interest rate. So given my student loan balance and the interest rate of my loans, I'm actually saving probably four or $5,000 using the avalanche method instead. Yeah. And I'll actually get debt-free about two months sooner. So um, That's amazing. Yeah. It made a big difference for me. Um, but for a lot of folks, they like the snowball method because um, it's very motivating if they can, you know, knock some of those small loans out um, first. Right. Psychologically, it's nice to have a win come a lot sooner with the snowball method for some people. Absolutely. So you're saying that for both methods, you're paying off your minimum. Mm -hmm. And then the difference here is a snowball, you're like, you're building up to it in a way where you're just knocking down all the smaller loans first. Right. But the avalanche, you're applying everything towards your highest interest rate loan. Yes. That's exactly right. And typically, that's because that loan is going to be accruing the most interest. Sometimes you may find that your lowest balance just happens to have the highest interest rate and you might adjust. Um, but one thing that I did when I started my process is I figured out how much each of my loans was accruing daily. And I chose to pay them off kind of in that order, which, which was the exact order of the avalanche method. But yeah. Okay, so I'm wondering for students who are in law school right now and they have lo some loans that are interest free, mm -hmm. um, do you recommend saving money right now if you can? And then when you're done law school and that loan starts accruing interest, then like apply all that money you had saved towards it? Or is it better to be like paying it down bit by bit while you're in law school? Yeah, so that's a great question. And I think it really can depend on like your own personal situation. So before students or people who have re recently graduated start paying any debt, I definitely re recommend having an emergency fund first. Um, you know, things happen all the time. Life happens. The last thing you want is to get in a situation where you don't have any savings and perhaps you have to either borrow money or put money on a credit card that you weren't 
planning on spending, that sort of thing. So it can mm-hmm. really depend. If you went into law school and say you have like a pretty healthy savings account and you feel like you could cover an emergency, be it a car accident or um, maybe you drop your laptop, somebody spills beer <laughs> on it, that sort of thing, um, and you feel like you could cover those expenses, I think it's a great idea to start paying off your loans as quickly as possible, um, especially if you can start paying them off before they accrue interest. Now, to someone who's kind of like living that law student life as I know I was, and you know, maybe <laughs> you don't really have that much extra money, um, I definitely recommend saving first until you get to a comfortable amount where you feel like you could cover an emergency and then go from there. But it's really kind of going to depend on your um, specific situation. But my general mm-hmm. advice is the sooner you can start paying off your student loans, the better. And about this emergency fund, for somebody who's never thought about it before, I know everybody's situation is going to be different and depending on what you're even able to save. Mm -hmm. But generally for an emergency fund, would that be like three months that you would need to live off of maybe? Or like what is kind of the, the general bracket that people aim for? Yeah. So I would say in general, the kind of um, commonly held view is that an emergency fund should cover about three to six months of expenses. And again, that's really going to be different um, for everyone. It's going to depend on, you know, your personal lifestyle, the size of your family, other liabilities you have, um, those sorts of things. But Mm -hmm. if for someone who's wanting to start an emergency fund, I definitely recommend starting with looking at kind of like, what are your bare bone expenses, right? Like how much is your rent? How much money do you need for food every month? Uh, What are the costs of your prescriptions if you have anything like that? And kind of figuring out like your bare bones budget of what you would need to survive. Multiply that by three or if you're feeling ambitious, by six, and that's about how much money you should save before aggressively paying your debt. So what I'm hearing from you is it's really important to have a good handle on how much you need to live off of and having that budget and taking the time to calculate that. Um, That way you'll be able to apply it for your goal, for your emergency fund, and then also to manage your day-to-day expenses to limit your your overall debt in law school. So. For a student who's super busy and doesn't want to be like writing it down in a notebook, or maybe that is a, the best option for people, do you have um, some tools or strategies to to record that information and, and track your budget? Yeah. So luckily, we are living in the age of technology. So there are lots of apps um, that you can kind of connect to your card or put on your phone. So they're very easily accessible. Um, Some of like the more common ones that people use are Mint, um, Every Dollar, and You Need a Budget. Um, I would say those are three of kind of like the biggest ones. Um, And they make it super simple, right? You, You type in your budget, you know, once a month and connect it to your cards. Um, and it'll do a lot of the work for you. So I think that's can be a great option if you don't want to sit down and, and manually do your budget. Um, some of them do have a subscription fee, which 
may not be the most cost-friendly thing for law students, but I do appreciate the ease. For me, though, I try to not overcomplicate it. There's also tons of like spreadsheets online and free resources. I'm someone who loves to, to use Google Sheets or to write it down. Um, and budgeting doesn't have to be hard, but there's tons and tons of resources depending on like what your preference and budgeting style are. That's great. I, I think it's so awesome that, you know, with Google, it's so easy to find these things now and um, it takes the mystery out of it for a lot of people. Absolutely. There are so many details law students need to keep track of and finances are a crucial part. If you're interested in financial products specified for your law school experience, contact your local Scotiabank branch for more information on the professional student line of credit and banking packages. The Law School Show is happy to receive sponsorship support from Scotiabank to continue providing students with resources curated for their success. Would you be willing to share maybe what is some of the best financial advice somebody has given you and how did that apply to your debt-free journey? Yeah, I think the 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 best financial advice I, I've been given, and this is something a lot of people say, but something my mother always said to me was, "Live below your means." Right? Like, you're you should not be living a lifestyle that is outside of the bounds of what you're actually making. And for me, that's been so 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 important. I remember when I was younger, it didn't matter like how much money. I had or how much money I made, I would spend it all. Um, and that's fine maybe when you live at home with your parents, but when you live in the real world and you do have emergencies and you have bills to pay um, that sometimes you forget about, um, it's really important to make sure that your spending is in line with what you're actually making um, okay. and that you have money left over at the end of you know each paycheck. I think that's like so, so, so important. And it doesn't matter how much you make. Um, it really only matters how much you spend. And I feel like I really love that advice because it applies to everyone. It doesn't matter if you're making you $10,000 or $10 million. If you spend less than you make, you're going to put yourself in a decent position. Yeah, I think that is great advice. Um, as a law student, I think sometimes it's a bit overwhelming. You're You're not really making a lot of money right now. People keep on telling you you're going to make a lot of money, but that's <laughs> not a for sure thing. And, you know, with all all the debt that you need to sometimes just survive through law school, it, it can feel very intimidating and make people feel anxious about their financial future. But that's one thing you can control is your spending. For sure. And that I think that's just really great advice. And is there something you wish that you knew when you were in law school about about finances or budgeting or student loans that you know now and you would like to share with our listeners? Yeah, I think that I really wish that I had taken the time to understand my student loans a little bit more. Like you mm -hmm. said, when you're in law school, the last thing you have time to worry about is like figuring out, you know, your student loans. And, and it is, it is anxiety inducing, right? Like, Law school costs a ton of money, so it feels better to kind of just like worry about studying and push that into the back of your mind. Um, but I think my fear around my student loans actually ended up costing me quite a bit of money. Um, I never really took the time to like 
you know, read about what would happen to my student loans once I graduated. I never really like took the time to like realize, um, you know, I could have been making payments during my grace period and all of that. I don't know how they work in Canada, but in the US, essentially what happens is your loans accrue interest the whole time that you are in school. And then uh, essentially you get out and when your loan's going to repayment, all of that interest, if you didn't pay it, gets added to the principal of your loan. So I think they added like $20,000 to the principal of my loans. And I could have been, you know, when I graduated, like I had a job, I was working, I could have been paying that. Right. Um, But instead I just you know, was like, oh, well, I'll just like pay when they tell me to pay. Um, So taking the time to like really like look at your loans, look at the rules of your loans, um, that can save you a lot of money. And and the sooner you do it, the better. Like you do not want to be paying these loans off um, until you retire, right? Like just just figure out how the loans work, figure out what you need to do and, and get them paid. I think a lot of students just they take it And because they know that it's either interest-free during law school or it's going to be applied afterwards, they're not thinking about it right away. Um, I know there is a bit of a difference in Canada if you're doing the government student loans um, compared to like a line of credit from a bank or the line of credit from the bank. I know like interest is accruing while you have it in school um, and you have just like a grace period to start like paying everything off afterwards. Yeah. But I know it catches people by surprise so so quickly and so easily that it's it's time to figure it out. As soon as you have that loan, you need to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And what's crazy when you say that, so the, the U.S., they're similar, right? You can have federal loans or you can have private loans. But mm-hmm. I don't even think I, like, realized – I didn't even, like, know if my loans were federal or private, like – for years. Like I had no idea. Like that's how little attention I paid to it. Um, so, so don't be like me. Like you're right. Like as soon as you take them out, you should know. Like uh, ideally, if you're taking out more, if you're still in school and you're taking out more, you should know before you take them out. But right, uh, <laughs> if you're already a 3L and you've already taken them all out, figure them out now. Now is the time. (laughs) Don't make the same mistakes. Exactly. And so for students who are listening and they have no idea, we're talking about interest, maybe they have no idea at all like what we're talking about here. Would you want to just explain quickly um, or give a little example of how how interest uh, generally works on a student loan? Yeah. So this may be a nuanced thing between the U.S. and Canada, but I can Mm -hmm. certainly explain how they work here. They should work probably similarly in Canada, but either way, like student loans do accrue interest. So um, the way it works is that um, for U.S. loans, whatever your principal is, um, your student loan interest will accrue daily, meaning that Mm -hmm. every day your student loans will grow. And typically the way it works is that when you make a payment, your payment will be applied first towards your interest and then towards your principal. So let's say um, you made a $50 payment and you had $25 Mm -hmm. worth of interest. $25 would go to the interest which is essentially throwing away your money and 20 and the other 25 would go towards reducing your principal. Um, oh, so painful. <laughs> yeah. And, and it really is. And, you know, like I said, I'm not sure exactly how they work in Canada, but in the U S they accrue every single, like the interest accrues every single day and it accrues based off of the principal. So 
the lower your principal is, the less interest you accrue, which is why I tell people to start paying like as often and as soon as possible. So you can really knock down that principal and you're not, you know, paying through tons and tons and tons of interest. Um, I, I actually, this is terrible, but when I first started looking at like my numbers, there was one year that I paid $7,000 and not any of that money went towards principal. It all went towards interest. So like, oh you, my goodness. you imagine just like taking $7,000 and lighting it on fire. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't want that to happen to me. I need to look through my stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that paints a really good picture for our listeners. Like, please take the time, set aside an afternoon. Yeah. (laughs) Try to relax. Understand what uh, is going on with your student loans, how much interest it's going to be accruing. And so you can pick a strategy that we've talked about, whether you're somebody who um, wants the quick win with the snowball method, or if you're going to go all in for the avalanche and potentially um, save a bit more in the long run. It's up to you. It's your your personal finances. Find something that, that works for you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing these strategies with me. Is there anything else you would like to add um, for our listeners? Yeah, I mean, I think um, uh, one of the things that I like wish that I had found earlier on. So I started my debt-free journey and then I didn't like find kind of like the debt-free community until maybe like two or three months in. And I was so, so, so overwhelmed. I started with over $200,000 worth of student loan debt. Um, So for anyone that's listening and like feeling overwhelmed, you are not alone. There are tons and tons and tons of law students and practicing lawyers and law school grads who are dealing with the same thing. Law school loans are no joke, but tons of people do pay them off. I'm like living proof that you can, you know, pay them. I'm still paying them off, but I'm halfway there. And, um, you know, it's not something that's going to go away, not to scare you, but, uh, it's not something that's going away, but it's totally, totally possible, um, to tackle them and, and to move on and to not pay them for the rest of your life. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling scared, you are not alone. It's totally possible to deal with them. If you can make it through law school, I promise you can make it through paying off your student loans. Well, that makes me feel so much better hearing you say that. that There is a a light at the end of the tunnel. There is a way to deal with it. For sure. So before I let you go, I just have a quick lightning round of questions, just some fun things for our listeners to get to know you a little bit more. Sure. (laughs) Okay. So what is your favorite snack? Um, Probably Cheez-Its. Oh, I'm like, I don't even know if we have those in Canada. Maybe. They're very good. They're not good for you. It's probably for the best. (laughs) Well, in Canada, we have these like cheesies. They're called Hawkins cheesies and they're like super crunchy. They're so good. If you sneak up to Canada sometime soon, I highly recommend them. (laughs) I'm putting it on my list. (laughs) Okay. um, Gym membership or an at-home workout? Right now, I'm all about the home workouts, but pre-quarantine, I was not about that life. So I'm kind (laughs) of mixed. (laughs) Yeah, I feel you. In Canada, we're still – some of us are allowed to go to the gym. Some of us are not, depending what city you're in. So a lot of us are missing the gym right now. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Three words that best describe you. Loud. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Outgoing and probably cynical. Okay. I wouldn't have got the cynical part from our conversation, but (laughs) something we didn't know about you. Yeah, there you go. Okay. What is one thing that you own, but you wish that you didn't? 
Um, maybe my car, to be honest, especially now that I'm not driving to work um, at all. I don't feel like I need it. And it's, it's expensive to have a car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't had a car in almost 10 years now. And it was super hard at first. But if you live in a city that has good transit, it, you know, you it's make totally it work. fine. And, yeah. And you save so much money. You <laughs> really crazy. do. All right. Would you choose spending summer by the lake or winter in the mountains? Oh, the lake. Nice. I am also a lake person. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, what was the last thing you purchased that was under $5? The last thing I purchased that was under $5? That's a great question. My boyfriend was making fun of me the other day. He was like, what was the last thing you spent money on? And I couldn't tell you oh spray sunscreen okay well you know that's important it really is (laughs) under five dollars though that's that's pretty that's pretty good (laughs) it it was from a cheap place i I don't know how well it works but it it did the job (laughs) it did the job yeah all right and financial freedom means um more time for me to do what I want to do and to say no to the things I don't want to do. Yeah, that's great. And I think that's something we're we're all striving for. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for being a good sport and answering these questions and for sharing all these wonderful strategies with us today. I really appreciate you coming on and chatting with me. Yeah, it was super fun. I appreciate you having me. Well, thank you everyone for listening. I hope that you have learned a lot from everything Kendall has shared with us today. And if you have any questions or if you're curious, uh, you can find Kendall on her Babe on a Budget blog. And we will have that link uh, in the show credits for you. You've just been listening to The Law School Show, Student Life Series. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on our website, thelawschoolshow.com. If you like what you've heard, give us a like on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and Instagram for the latest updates, curated resources, and opportunities to help you navigate the law school experience in every episode. Catch it all here next time on the Student Life Series.